1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard It's two through and two out after a bumper night of European football for the Scottish clubs Rangers cruised past Willem Tway as Celtic left it late in Riga It's the end of the road though for Motherwell and Aberdeen who fell to Beersheva and Sporting respectively I'm Gordon Duncan, joining me tonight is Andy Halliday and Hugh Evans. Rangers win in the Netherlands was breathtaking And Ryan Kent has overtaken Alfredo Morelos as the most valuable player at Ibrox There's a need to rise above petty bias on occasions like this And simply acknowledge the quality of a team's work It won't happen, but I'll give it a try Now, what a weekend we have in prospect Stephen Gerrard's side going to Motherwell Looking to go four points ahead of Celtic at the top of the table Celtic in for a formidable afternoon against Hibs at Celtic Park And whatever that Celtic team will be because of injury Loss of form and a long night Latvia uh, Andy it was perhaps The mixed bag That people expected Rangers getting the job done Convincingly Celtic joining them In the next round And a step too far For Motherwell and Aberdeen Yep uh, We talked about it last week I think Motherwell and Aberdeen Up to that point Had done what's expected of them uh, You know Motherwell took care of Rain, And I think we're expecting A callback for, for you this week And a, a wee debate He had last week But I think that uh, You know off the back I think they can be proud Of the run they went on um, I think Motherwell More than competed In the game last night And you know Aberdeen going away to sport in Lisbon's no no mean time and obviously coming away for a 1-0 defeat. 0141 951 1025. That's the number you need to have your say. I'd imagine you've all got something on your mind for of our clubs in European action last night. Big games, some convincing wins, some narrow wins, some disappointments. Let's go through it all on the lines. And on Twitter We love it when you tweet your thoughts But nothing better Than picking up the phone And speaking to the guys as well So don't hang about Let's hear from you 0141 951 1025 um, Hugh It's all about getting through Obviously But Rangers Did it with A good bit to spare And oh. Celtic left it late A sense of drama If you like From uh, from Neil Lennon's side When you go to the Netherlands You, you find a level of proficiency And efficiency with all of the teams in their major league Now if a Scottish club goes there and wins 4-0 I say stop, hold on Let's just acknowledge that for a moment So all credit to Steven Gerrard and to his players You don't get results like that very often But I did say of Steven Gerrard That what has characterised his time as Rangers manager Is the ability to get these eye-catching results Home and away in Europe As for Celtic, they're through and that's all that matters. But they have a very demanding Thursday night to come in Bosnia when they take on Sarajevo with the Europa League at stake. And Neil Lennon will know that the performance overall has to be better than it was last night or there's no Europe. I'm happy to speak to Andy Haldane and Hugh Keevens, but the man I really want to speak to is the caller last night who phoned us and said Rangers would win by four or five because that type of foresight I can get on board with. Hugh Keevens hasn't had a prediction right in about 18 months and this guy uh, called that. Andy, Rangers' European form has been good under Stephen Gerrard, but I'd, I'd imagine that would have surprised even his biggest supporters last night. I thought it was going to be a difficult tie. You know, Willem Tway, they're in a... Extremely technical and competitive league uh, They finished fifth in the division last year I think it was five points off PSV And we knew first of hand Feyenoord last year were a good outfit uh, You know, Stephen Gerrard 
there was a lot of questions he asked of the team after the the Hibs games, and one of the one of the words he used was ruthless. That's probably the word I'd use to describe Rangers' performance last night. I think uh, Villain Tway had a lot of dangerous players. I think they were all in the, the the final third of the pitch, so they definitely caused um, Rangers problems in the in the other end, but. I mean, four nil away. It's, uh, it was a fantastic performance and result. And as for Celtic, we'll, we'll dig deeper into both of these results and look at all the main talking points. Is it just a, a simple case of job done when you're at this stage of Europe? Of course, you're looking for more from the performances, but you know, getting the job done and getting through is that the most important thing? Yeah, I think because we don't really know the name Riga, we don't really know much about the Latvian league. You know, you can predictably overlook these teams, and I think you know, I watched the game. They had some technical players. I think Celtic were always the superior team in the game. Uh, but I don't think it's any different to uh, you know a Livingston away. It's, it's it's a difficult tie. Uh, I think the most important thing for Celtic was always going to be to get through, and uh, they managed to do that. Albeit leaving it late. So many talking points from all of the games. So don't hang about. Let us know what you think. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Let's hear from the Rangers camp. Gary McAllister says they can have no complaints after the ease through to the playoffs. It was a four nil win away at Villa Tway last night to set up a home tie against Galatasaray. McAllister says it was pleasing to watch. The right result, and if you can manage to get that right result and and play pretty well, then that's the good double whammy. So it's we're, we're pleased on both points. I thought thought we managed the game pretty well. Um, we had identified that they had some threat in the attacking areas. I thought we the first 10, 15 minutes they started the game pretty well, but then when we buried in and, and started to get control of the ball, I thought we I thought we played pretty well and. Uh, Nice to see the goals go in, you know, close together, and then 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 we managed the game really well after that. Right, so one four one nine five one one zero two five. Sean is first up tonight in Easter House. What did you make of that last night, Sean? Uh, last night was brilliant. I was actually shocked. I was like nervous going in. I was only thinking we're going to win about two and a half, two one. But I'm I'm so glad we went to the um, the final round with Gary Tasseri. There's some teams, so that's got to be like a Champions League night. Unfortunately, so there's no got to be any fans, but. I was listening to another show earlier. <gasps> if if Rangers win on Thursday night, there's a chat. Well, they're saying something about um, if Rangers win on Thursday night. That means I, I don't know if it's the season after the season, the other season. Mm-hmm. But um, the team that wins the league will no need any qualifiers for the Champions League. Will go straight into the group stages. Yeah, basically Turkey are right next to us in the coefficient table. So we're now going head to head. If you like Scotland v Turkey, Rangers v Galatasaray. So there are always coefficient points up for grabs. Hugh Keevans, everyone is good, but now we've got the chance to gain coefficient points whilst denying our closest rivals coefficient points. I'm sure the Rangers. Players and, and fans are really just want to look after their own business But it's a nice knock-on effect if they can get the business done And if Rangers do look after their own business It will be three seasons in a row In which Steven Gerrard has taken them into the group stages of the Champions League uh, It's good money Europa League before yeah, anyone Europa League, gets I beg your pardon uh, It's good money uh, Particularly at a time when Money uh, is indivisible from our problems here in Scottish football Because no one is at the grounds uh, so first and foremost Rangers have to overcome Galatasaray At Ibrox With no fans there It's a great pity But Given The high level of consistency That they show Home and away In European matches I'm confident that Rangers will get there Andy what impressed you most about The performance Because The scoreline is is one thing um, But it, there, was, there was an openness to the game early on Clearly Willem Tway had their chances as well I think the most encouraging uh, encouraging aspect for me is Rangers key players showed up uh, when they did. I think you know Hugh mentioned Ryan Kent again. I think I could speak about him every week just now the way he's performing. 
Uh, Alan McGregor, there's been a lot of debate about who Rangers number one could be. I think the, the 38 year old last night might have answered that well. Uh, and I thought Steve Davis, another one, 35 year old, three games in a week off the back of you know, even more international caps over the last couple of weeks. Superb. So I think Rangers key players are standing up when needed. Uh, I think Willem Tway started on the front foot and I was the same as the caller. I thought it could be it could be a mixed bag of a night, but after that I think you know Rangers fully deserve to go through. We, we always talk about Alfredo Morelos, Andy, you know, but for me, if you stand Alfredo Morelos in that corner and Ryan Kent in that corner and say, Right, what am I offered? Ryan Kent will get you more money than Morelos will now. I'm convinced of it. Mm. Um Sean, we had Rangers fans on last night before the game kind of saying, you know, actually not Overly nervous There's something about European football That makes me feel more comfortable As a Rangers fan Than certain domestic fixtures Do you Go along with that Sean Is there something about Europe In the last few years That suits Rangers um, Definitely But it's just because There's no fans I'm always nervous When there's no fans Even Rangers playing Murrowell on Sunday Your team Gordon mm-hmm. I'll be still a wee bit nervous Because there's no fans So because Say you score first or something It puts a wee bit uh, creaky, creaky bum time So um, I think Rangers will get the win on Sunday But if Murrowell score first It's always got to be nervous when there's no fans Andy what is it about that? Give us that sort of insight Is it anything Do the players feel different about Europe Is it knowing that the style you're coming up against Is slightly different Because again referenced it last night It's the one area of Steven Gerrard's tenure That you, you really couldn't criticise I just think there's a level of belief uh, that, that they, they belong at that competition. I think everyone's talking about Galatasaray in, uh, in the next round, albeit a Champions League outfit, but they finished sixth in the Turkish League last year, and I believe personally that Rangers have beat better teams than Galatasaray in Europe over the last couple of years. So I think it's all credit to the you know, the, the staff, the manager and the players that you know we are talking about that they could go into these games as, mm-hmm. in my opinion, favourites. But... You know, domestically, they're still expected to win. But but some, you know, in some some occasions, like I talked about earlier, there's a, a sort of lose lose effect where sometimes the performance is more important than the result. And I just think that in Europe, you know, Rangers have, have uh, obviously stu- stood their cell in good stead. But I think yeah, I agree. It's, it's certainly the biggest improvement since since Stephen Gerrard's came. Is, is there anything stylistically that suits it? Is it is it too simple to say? Well, teams in Europe are going to come out and be a bit more open and, and come at Rangers, and that that suits Rangers. Whereas domestically, teams might sit in. Is that does that happen? I think it comes into play. I think they have players that are devastating in the counter-attack, but in, in the SPL, I don't think there's there's many opportunities for Rangers to, to counter-attack teams. And I think that, like I said, I think the bigger players in these bigger games are starting to flourish. And you know, I touched on Ryan Kent again. And when I'm comparing him to Alfredo Morelos, the Rangers relied too much on Alfredo Morelos over the last couple of years. And, and elsewhere on the pitch, you know, the number of goals that were getting chipped in was was too few and far between. Now we're seeing the numbers, you know, increase for for Ryan Kent. He's He's, he seems to be the big game player at this moment for Rangers. Thanks to Sean and Easterhouse for kicking us off tonight. Neil Lennon says it was a very professional job to progress to the playoffs for Celtic. They left it late. El Yunusi coming off the bench to score the winner in Riga. Left it a little bit late to get the winner, but um, yeah, we should have had the game, you know, wrapped up a lot earlier. We had a couple of great chances. You know, everything coming down the right hand side through Jeremy. I thought he had an outstanding contribution in the game. I thought the subs. Did really well when they came on, but the starting eleven fell played very, very well. Riga set their stall out early, you know, and um, just said to them, look, you're going to have to keep probing, keep wearing them down, make sure the door's shut at the back. It's not an easy place to come and win, and um, we've done it very professionally. Um, so I'm delighted. It's not an easy game to play. A lot of pressure on us going into the game, but we've negotiated very well. 
01419511025 That's the number Jerry and co-winning is on Jerry, what did you make of it last night? Hi Gordon, um, I'm a very unhappy Celtic fan after watching the game last night I thought it was awful to be brutally honest with you um, I was on a few weeks ago after the final of Astros game and I said at the time I thought Dermot Desmond and Peter Lowell had to make a decision to, as far as moving Celtic forward goes and what happened last night just you know, convinced me more than ever that Neil Lennon is not the man to take us forward but I want to talk about three specific points if I can about the game last night that Neil Lennon got wrong Gordon Go Number one, Ryan Christie why is he playing him as a striker? We all know he's not a striker. Why is he persisting with Christie in that role? It doesn't make any sense. Um, number two, I don't think... Well, I think if James Forrest hadn't got injured, Jeremy Frimpong wouldn't have come on the pitch until later on because Len doesn't seem to make substitutions until it's too late. Um, so Frimpong was a best player last night. He now has to have that right-hand role secured for the foreseeable future. And number three, Scott Brown... I don't say this every so often, but it's clear as day now that his de- best days are behind him. That's not meant to be insulting or disrespectful. It's just factually accurate. As a player gets older, the legs start to go. We signed David Turnbull for three and a half million pounds. He's barely played. We signed a guy called Soro, I think his name is, for two million in January. Mm-hmm. I, I genuinely don't think he's played a minute of football. I, I don't know why we're bothering signing these players if we're going to persist with Scott Brown consistently when he clearly isn't the force he used to be. Um, I think Neil Lennon has got major questions to answer uh, moving forward. Jerry, it's the it's the it's the tone, it's the type of call I would have expected if Celtic had gone out last night. Given that they didn't, what what was it? What was the performance? Was the performance so bad that you can't even take any any pleasure from the fact that you progressed? I, I, I'm very happy we progressed. Well, I say happy, but progressed. Gone for me, it's delaying the inevitable. I don't think we're going to beat Sarajevo. I don't think we'll get into the Europa Leagues with if Neil Lennon persists with these bizarre tactical decisions, playing players out of position, playing players that are out of form. I don't think we'll beat Sarajevo. So to me, it's just delaying the inevitable. We're not going to make the Europa League group stages. I think Jerry is representative of a large percentage of Celtic supporters. Uh, I don't care to put a figure on it, but while the game was being played last night. Jerry, I'm sure, is aware. Uh, social media was alive with comments uh, that were not complimentary. Uh, Jerry, if you don't mind, I'll take it in reverse order. Scott Brown last night was his 122nd European tie for Celtic. Uh, if he's injured and misses Sarajevo on Thursday, then I think it will be his 122nd and final European tie for Celtic. Uh, he is. What do, what do you mean by that? So Celtic won't. If Celtic progress to the group stages You don't think Scott Brown will play any games? No, I think if uh, Celtic go out to Sarajevo Alright, oh, sorry, sorry It Got will you. be his last um, I think And I mean this respectfully And he and I have had our fights And we've had a laugh about it I think he has been And I've said it before on this programme The best Celtic captain since Billy McNeil Just look at the Amazing number of trophies that he has won But Time catches up with all of us and I think it's caught up with Scott Brown. The number of bookings he's had this season, uh, for me, is indicative of a player uh, who's struggling to keep up with the pace of the game. With regard to Jeremy Frimpong, uh, he was outstanding last night. And yes, it was a, a, a moment of fortune, uh, not for James Forrest, but with James Forrest going off, Frimpong gave Celtic the energy that they sorely lacked and he is a, a an outstanding young player. With regard to Christie, um, I don't understand that either. And I 
didn't understand why it took so long to get Albie and a Yeti onto the park. So as I say, Jerry is not acting as a, a dissident, lone voice Celtic supporter. He is saying things that many Celtic supporters feel. I, no, we spoke about it last week since Celtic have deployed to the, the back three with the wing-backs. I feel as if a wing-back is a specialist position. I think Jeremy Frimpong was outstanding last night. I thought uh, to be a wing-back, you have to be a ball, carry, uh, a ball carrier. There's a lot more onus on you being a creative force within the team. And I looked at it last night, I think Celtic's three, four best chances were all created by him. So I agree. I thought, I thought he was outstanding last night and was the reason that uh, Celtic mm. managed to get the win in the end. For me... Uh, I do agree in the sense that um, you know, Ryan Christie playing up, up front right now is a bit of a strange one because Albion Ayeti when he has played he has looked at a natural goal scorer and I think there's you know there's not been many occasions so far that we have seen him partnered up there with Austin Edwards so that's certainly been a surprise for me Jerry, look behind that as well because Celtic have been praised lots of times for all the midfielders that they've got but I wonder how much that Dilemma of of who to pick if that's having a knock on effect because people want Olivier and Cham in the team he plays. Ryan Christie, Neil Lennon clearly doesn't want to to drop him. Is is that why he's playing him out of position? Is it is it about trying to find space for all these guys? I agree with you, Gordon. There's a lot of that. You know, you look at Greg Taylor. He, he's not. I, I like Greg Taylor, but he's not a wing back. We're playing him in a role he's not suited to. So that's why he's getting a lot of criticism. Uh, Olivier Cham, you know, he's a good player on his day, but as we all know, he doesn't have a lot of days sometimes. Um, he's just got to pick players in their best positions and not try to fit everyone in the team to keep everyone happy. Um, it's just, it's very frustrating watching players who are good quality players being uncomfortable. And even Callum McGregor, who has been excellent for us the past few years, he looks like he's struggling because he's always having to cover for Scott Brown in that sort of holding midfield role because Scott Brown doesn't have the legs anymore. Um, it's just very frustrating and I, I, I really think Neil has got to, I don't know what, he's just got to put players in the right position mm. and pick players who deserve to be there on form. Why is David Turnbull not playing? We all know how good he is. He should be in that team right now, giving us some much needed energy and impetus and driving, literally driving the team forward uh, and getting more goals. This, it's simple as that Yeah this just reminds me Hugh of where we were At the weekend really Because Celtic won last night Celtic got through And Jerry, To be fair it, it did go back And acknowledge that he's happy With that But it, it all feels A little bit like they didn't And why is that? Well you know, Again I'm coming down On Jerry's side Celtic have had two Comprehensive wins this season One against Hamilton Ackies And the other against Ross County Everything after that Has been a struggle and they did exit the Champions League to Ferenc Varos at Celtic Park. But people always say it's a good sign if you can win games whilst you're struggling performance-wise, did they not? Well, I'll give you the other side of the coin. You keep on struggling, you won't get anywhere. So they've had the draw at Kilmarnock. Uh, they've had a, a narrow squeak at Dundee United. They had a narrow squeak last Saturday against the Livingston, who might have made it a three-all draw. They have gone out to Ferenc Varos. They did get there in the end against Riga, but that was a struggle as well. And Sarajevo away from home represents a formidable hurdle for Celtic at the moment because they are not convincing. And I'm afraid, you know, sometimes you have to go on the evidence of your own eyes. And Jerry is doing that, and Jerry is representative of a large number of Celtic supporters. Good, good man Jerry. Plenty to debate. Thanks for giving us a call tonight. It's 0141 We're going to hear more from both Rangers and Celtic camps after these. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141 951 1025.
Clyde One Super Scoreboard Andy Halliday and Hugh Evans are here looking back on big nights in Europe for our Scottish clubs it was two through and two out sadly uh, Rangers and Celtic getting the business done Motherwell and Aberdeen falling uh, to Beersheva and Sporting so give us all your thoughts on last night's games 01419511025 or Twitter at Clyde SSB let's start hearing a bit more from the management team Ryan Kent again one of the standouts for Rangers scored on the night Gary McAllister um, full of praise for Ryan Kent today believes it could be a matter of time before he is on England's radar he's very exciting at the moment he's played me a lot of confidence um, what I would say is then when you perform the way he's performed against a, you know like a, a team from from Holland you know willing to have a good side you know they're, they're in the Europa League and and, and merit um, so when you play against that level of opponent you never know he must be getting he must be getting close because you know there's there's a there's a there's a push towards younger players with England set up with, with Gareth Southgate and 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 Ryan's is exciting you know so I don't want to be you know shouting for the rooftops but there is a player here who's, who's in, in really good form he's in really good form Andy Haldy is he in that good form because that that's a that's a step again then that's that's quite a high bar isn't it I mean when you when you compare who's going to try and have to budge for the England team and you're talking to the likes of Raheem Sterling who's, who's been doing it in the Champions League for a number in the Premier League for a number of years and, and Jadon Sancho who's took European football alight since he's broke through so uh, I, don't, I don't know if he's close he, he would need to keep performing and keep up the numbers that he's doing for for a, a longer period of time that's for sure I think I'd be utterly cynical and say he'd need to go back and play for an English club before he would even get onto the periphery of the national squad um, and you know October 5 is the transfer deadline and my contention is that Ryan Kent would fetch more money than Alfredo Morelos would uh, but I don't think that Rangers could afford to take any offer for Ryan Kent right now So whether he's ready for England or not that's that's up for debate Um Gary McAllister thinks he could be close and the acknowledging that there's a lot of top players in front of him what about just purely in a Rangers context then just how important is he at the moment what is he bringing in particular Andy that perhaps was has been missing before or um, what is it that makes him so important at the moment he's the key man for me he's the most talented he's the one that can, can change the outcome of a match he's a match winner uh, and I've touched on it I think the sole difference between his because his, his performances since he's been the Rangers jersey's been great. He's, he's had a lot of great performances, but I, I just touched on it. If he if he wants to go to the next level, the numbers need to improve. And the sole difference I've seen in his game this this season's just been more unselfish running. He's a uh, he's someone that's got that much that much talent that he just wants the ball to feet all the time. He wants to take people on. He wants to try and create for others. But now he's just getting himself into more areas in the box where he can score and and can affect the game more. And you look at last night, the first. Key, Good chance of the game. It was just a ball over the top, direct ball for Connor Golson. He's in on goal, sort of lost in the floodlights. Then the next one, another one, just running behind ball over the top penalty. So it's it's just more unselfish running, and that coincides with the fact that he's got five goals and I think it's four assists already this season. So it's that getting in behind rather than getting frustrated and perhaps having to drop on at the halfway line and pick up the ball. Is that is that the difference this yeah. season? And I think because he's got that much talent I think that's just a natural frustration that if you're not getting involved in the game or, or, if, or you're not getting the ball for 10-15 minutes you automatically just want to get on it and try and make something happen but I think for the majority of this season he's kept his shape really well and, and like I said his, his combination play and, he, and he's willing to drive at players and take people on has always been great You can't but, do that You can't do that yourself though do, do the rest of the team what is it they're doing in particular to allow that to happen? Well I, I 
I think I said it on, on last week's show, I have seen a more direct approach in Rangers play. Uh, I think that's again coincided with the fact that Stephen Davis has come into the team. He's one of the he's probably the main midfielder in Rangers Rangers team that, that looks for the balls over the top. He, he, there's more an emphasis in his game to forward pass and and it was his ball for the, the penalty yesterday, Connor Golson, someone that likes to do it. So, listen, the, the, the run makes the pass because uh, if, if he doesn't run, the pass doesn't happen. So it's it's a, it's a good to, it's a good relationship they're having between the two of them. Let's bring in Craig, who's on the line. See what he made of it last night. Hi, Craig. <coughs> Hi, James. How are you doing? All good. All um, good. I, I thought, you know, first and foremost, I thought it's a it's a superb result. Um, you know, to go to Holland, um, you know, playing a team like Willem Tway, who I mean, okay, they're not one of the you know, better known names of Dutch football, but you know, to finish fifth in a league that does include teams like Feyenoord, Ajax, you know, PSV, you know, they're clearly not any mugs either. So it was a good result. Um, and attacking wise, I thought it were great. I thought it was interesting that actually um, it was the you know the big centre halves were getting in any action. You know, three of the defenders scored, um, which is not something you see very often. But um, you know, Connor Goldson does you know carry goals with him because he you know he's good in there so that respect was good um you know the only thing that kind of worries me um particularly getting into the game against Galatasaray was that there was a few of those defensive cracks that showed again for me that, that were shown against Tibbs I mean Alan McGregor pulls off to you know stunning saves absolutely world class um, one in the first half and Okay, the second one comes at four 0 down. So even if they score, it's probably not going to have an effect. But it's it's still, you know, a, a sensational save when the ball comes over and that header is, you know, covering. You're thinking that's a goal. Um, so that was great. I, I just worry that with a team like Galatasaray, you know, they've got you know players like Radamel Falcao, who's you know has previously played for top class side, um, as well as the likes of you know Arda Turan, who used to play for you know likes of Barcelona. So. If you make those kind of mistakes, you know, Ibrox or not, with players like that, you're far more likely to get punished. Um, and as good as McGregor is, you can't always rely on him bailing you. So that is my only worry. I think that has to be sharpened up. He's got to deal with that. I'm still not convinced this Helander Goldson partnership defensively is, is the strongest one that we've got. Um, I would personally rather have Balligan back in the park. But it's not to be a negative Nancy because it was still a great yeah. result. It's just a, a concern because I think that's fair. I mean, you a can really good team next week. you can always you can always be better. And the Rangers won four 0 and that was an outstanding result. And there is no attempt to take anything away from it. But but Craig's still feeling that he saw things that that could be better. Is that fair? Yeah, I mean, if you watch the game, you, I think you could quickly realise that Villanueva's best players were probably the four four attackers. So I think they were always going to have moments in the game where they were going to be dangerous. Uh, and like I said, that thirty-eight-year-old in goals. I, I've been, I, to be honest, I've been shocked the amount of debate that's who's going to be the Rangers' number one going forward. Because did he I end? Did he end the debate last I'd night? I'd like to think so, but I don't think there ever should have been a debate. I, I think that the the main positive you take away for the fact is if Alan McGregor's not there, whether through injury or any, anything else, that they've got a a great uh, capable replacement to John McLaughlin. But I don't think Alan McGregor's done anything to show that he's not going to be the number one at Rangers. But anyway. Um, I, I do feel as if if it wasn't for him we might not be talking about as much as a convincing result uh, it might have been a, more like a 4-2 or a 4-3 but I do think that their attacking players were dangerous but there was definitely uh, you know some areas in, in defence that they could improve on going forward Craig's a little bit concerned here a little bit tentative going into the Galatasaray game mm-hmm. you, you base it on 
a couple of kind of key factors, don't you? Because let's be honest, our in-depth knowledge of them at this stage, perhaps not as not bang up to speed. We're, we're, I'm sure we'll speak to people next week and give us a bit more of an insight. The thing you go on sixth in the Turkish league last season. That's not to say they're not a good team, but have Rangers beaten better? Probably, and yeah. that's where you would get the confidence from. But Craig still, I'm a little bit concerned about it. Well, because it's the playoff. Uh, you know, if you get it wrong, there's no Europe. Um, likewise, Celtic in uh, in Bosnia against Sarajevo. Um, I think that Craig, long time Rangers watcher, will, will understand that there's no such thing as a flawless performance week in week out. Mistakes are commonplace. They they happen. Even Andy Halliday made mistakes. Um, <laughs> Plenty. <laughs> so I think it's the the nature of the event. It's ninety minutes, possibly extra time, uh, separating you from two and a half million pounds for qualification, half a million pounds for winning a game in the group stages, hundred and seventy thousand pounds for drawing a game there. Um, I think. Conor Goldson and uh, Hollander are fresh in Craig's mind because of what happened at Easter Road. But you have to give them the benefit of the doubt in this one. Craig, is Ryan Kent good enough to be on England radar? <laughs> I think um, I would tend to agree with sort of what uh, you and Andy were saying. I think he's a quality player, but I think when you look at, as low as I'm to say it, being a Scot, when you look at the quality England have got, particularly in their midfield, until he does make his move down south, which... I don't think, to be fair, will be this summer, but could easily be, you know, in the next transfer window or even next summer. Um, that's when you'll you'll see him um, go on their radar because I don't think Gareth Southgate is looking at Scottish football too often. English players, I know. I think was it Gary Hooper when he was playing with Celtic, um, was someone who managed to just you know almost get into the England team because of how well he was doing at times. But I think. Um, when you're playing up here, I think the, the the England manager doesn't particularly view the quality of Scottish football at the level yeah. he needs his players to be it. Um, that's not to say that I don't. It's just I think that's how they they see it. But mm-hmm. listen, Kent's Kent's top quality, and I think he came into a lot of criticism last season because he had had the heights of the season before. But I think he's starting to surpass even how well he played that first season with his performances. Um, but for me. It just as a whole needs to be more consistent as all. Well. You know, you can't when you look at Celtic, the draw against Kilmarnock and they've won every game since. And I feel that the last couple of seasons, the one thing Gerard's been blighted by is the fact that we can't seem to put together five, six, seven wins in a row, which you need to do, you know, three wins in a row and dropping points here, there and everywhere isn't going to win you a league title. But you know, so if those performances for Kent keep regular and everybody else can follow suit, then you're feeling you're feeling happier um, But I mean If Kent goes in and, and shows That quality in Europe That's where he'll be seen more By the yep. England manager I think Than than at domestic level here Alright Craig Good man Thank you for getting in touch tonight That was Craig in Cumbernauld 01419511025 um, Big substitutions for Neil Lennon last night Jeremy Frimpong And Mohamed El Yunusi We'll talk about them We'll hear from the Celtic manager after these 0141-951-1025 This is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Keevans and Andy Halliday are here They're waiting for your call though So pick up the phone Let us know what's on your mind We are looking back 
on the games in Europe for Rangers and Celtic last night. Um, if you want to look a bit further back, uh, I'd recommend you download the new podcast, Super Scoreboard, the old firm through the decades. It's Hugh Keevens' We Project at the moment. It's his new podcast series, and it's out now, brought to you by Indigo Unified Communications. Now, in the latest episode, it's Peter Grant and Ian Durant, both in here, joining Hugh to discuss the rivalry in the 80s. He's already done one for the 60s, one for the 70s, um, the recent one is the 80s, uh, covering many topics, including Mo Johnson's infamous move to Rangers. Would you have signed for Celtic? No. Not under any circumstances? No. Would you, Peter, have signed for Rangers? Absolutely no. No chance. Absolutely not. And that, that, that's, listen, we were probably different, you know, in that respect. Morris had that about him, you know. Um, he was that sort of personality. But. He was steeped in blue, I was steeped in green. That's the way it was. They both had to think really long and hard about that, Hugh. Yeah. They're, they're, they're <laughs> great fellas. You know, they they really did regard it as living the dream to play for Celtic and for Rangers. The 1980s, you know, it starts with a riot, Andy, at Hamden. It ends with Mo signing for Rangers after he's already posed with the Celtic jersey, saying he's going there. And in between, there was a court case involving several players. Uh, so the 1980s Quiet as usual Yeah, yeah The 1980s rocked As they say uh, And you could not get better Than Ian Durant And Peter Grant To discuss it, it was an, the, the, the hour flew by a, a joy There we go If you want to check that out Plenty of good stories For both sides there You can find it On the Radio Clyde app On the website Or just wherever You usually get Your podcasts from With Indigo Unified Communication So there we go Check that out Let's speak to David in Port Glasgow Who's a Celtic fan Hi David Hi guys, how you doing? Not bad at all, David. What did you make of it last night then? Oh, I wasn't too happy, guys. Uh, to be honest, I think information's wrong. They're over, over flooding the midfield. There's too many bodies in the middle of the park. It's sideways passing, backwards passing. Um, so, nah, I, I was talking to a few guys about it in work a day and I think they're all kind of saying the same thing and we all say the same thing. It's just, it's, it's not really good to watch at the moment. Right, so is the formation wrong or is it the personnel within that? Because I thought... Most Celtic fans were desperate to see this three-five-two used. Yeah, I think it's but you say it's both personnel and information. You kind of you kind of keep flooding the midfield, and then obviously, for me, he's playing one up top, and he's playing Christie just behind him, um, and it's swamping the midfield. You need to go two up top and keep it nice and open in the middle of the park, and use the players that you've got there that, that, that's best for doing the job at hand. I, I know there are people. Uh, David, who are always critical of people like you who come on and criticise the team, whether it's uh, the individual personnel or the formation. But again, you, like Jerry, before you, uh, your fellow Celtic supporter, I think you're a representative of a large number of Celtic supporters who are perfectly entitled to hold their opinion. And I think there is a bit of a split though, Hugh, because oh, I, yeah. I see it all the time with people saying, yeah, it could have been better, but why are we getting so worked up when we're still winning games? Is that not a good sign that we're below par and we're winning games? So I feel like that's but, the obvious divide yeah, that we get. But the people in that camp, Gordon, are working on the assumption that it will somehow change at some point. Uh, whereas David and Jerry before him aren't certain it's going to turn at some point. Edward, for me at the moment, is a mystery. Uh, by far the, the best player at Celtic Park, uh, but at the moment, not producing. Uh, Would you like to hear what Neil Lennon said about him last night? Of course. I don't know about fully up to speed. I think he's still trying to find his best form. You know, um, he didn't look as sharp as what we, you know, expected him to do. But um, 
yeah, again, he'll probably get the benefit of the, the 75 minutes he was on the pitch, but there's no, I don't think there's any sort of hangover from the injury that he's had. There's no substitute to playing and getting up to match speed. Um, so, we, you know, we rested him at the weekend. I, I, I still think he's, well, there's a lot more to come from him in terms of his, you know, what he brings to the team. Um, so we'll see how he goes on, on Sunday if he's picked. Football's a great game for providing amateur psychologists, behavioural psychologists uh, who look at Edouard and say, well, he plays well for the under-21s in France when he goes there. Um, he did well first day of the season, and but now it's it's gone a bit quiet. And the transfer deadline of October 5, does he fancy a move out of Celtic before October 5 or on the day of October 5? So um, I'm sure David... We'll have an opinion on that one, but at the moment, Edward is like a lot of what's going on at Celtic Park at the moment. Unconvincing. He's a, an outstanding player. He will fetch an awful lot of money if Celtic choose to take it. But at the moment, the jury is out on him. Well, when they changed the shape to the three-five-two, I thought he was going to be one of the main benefactors of it. Uh, you know, when they, they, they changed to that system last year, he was the one that sort of thrived off it, his numbers and his, his partnerships he was creating. Um, right now, I don't think there's any doubt that we've, we've seen the best at Odds and Edward yet. Uh, but, you know, I've no doubt. For me, he's, he's still Celtic's best player. Uh, although he's not in his best form right now, I still think Celtic are a weaker team when he doesn't play. So uh, I won't be surprised to see him get back to his Could he benefit, form. though, from... A, a, a partnership, a, a proper yeah. strike partner rather than Ryan Christie. Who that's no disrespect to him. I think everyone knows it's it's, you know, it's not his natural position. I think partnerships all over the park help. Um, and it, I, I t- I've touched on it before. I, I've been a little bit surprised at how Celtic haven't really seems as if Neil Lennon's a bit unsure what his best eleven is. They've chopped and changed for basically every game this season. Uh, and I, I, like I said, I'm surprised that I've not seen Odson Edward be I'll be in a yeti closer to him and, and uh, partnered with him for the majority mm. of games. But I think that that's something that might come. David, on a positive note, the obvious one is Jeremy Frimpong. He changes the game for Celtic, doesn't he? He comes on a man of the match display after coming off the bench. James Forrest won't make this weekend anyway because he's injured, but might this be the start of a, a sustained run in the team on that right-hand side for Frimpong? David, still with us? Yeah, I'm still there. I think, yeah, I think uh, exactly bang on what you were saying there. Um I think he'll benefit if he's got somebody playing up there. It was proven when, when Griffiths was up there, a, a recognised striker. It definitely worked out for him. But can I just say, guys, on my on you were saying everybody's entitled to their, their personal opinion, and this one's in relation to the team. Um, guys, I, I, I don't know about you, but I just don't think you, Mr Kevins, gets the credit he deserves. I think he's a legend. He's, a, he's the, the Messi for Barcelona, the Ronaldo for your yeah, What's going on here? Is this <laughs> April the 1st? No, I'm just saying the man's highly intelligent, inspirational, sophisticated, and I think he needs to take a bow. You're nicer to me than my wife is. Thank you, David. <laughs> David, is your take son named Kevin? So you, are you Hugh's son? <laughs> Unfortunately, no. It's my. Unfortunately, it's, it's <laughs> David's dad's out there's just had the crushing blow to hear he wishes Hugh Kevin's was uh, Hugh. I don't mind. You don't, you don't get it too often. Take it. Take it where you can. Lap uh, it up. I will because it will only last until tomorrow. <laughs> only last till seven o'clock. Are you joking? Once you get up and running and beat the pundit, it will be out the window. Kind words though uh, from David. Let's hear a bit more from Neil Lennon, full of praise for the substitutes, Jeremy Frimpong, and of course the match winner, Mohamed Ilyanusi. He's not been at that level so far this season, but we've seen 
you know, this week's starting to show some glimpses of it and um, he looked far more dynamic, you know, far more purposeful pace, you know, even, you know, to go to the 89th minute, put a great cross in for the goal. So he can be absolutely thrilled with his performance because it's not easy doing what he does. Um, Eli Nusi, I think, you know, I have to praise him because we've left him out of the team for a few games. You know, he's been disappointed, but he's trained brilliantly and he's a great example to the rest of the squad. Um, he's applied himself brilliantly and uh, I hope that kickstarts the season into great things because he's a great lad, great player, great professional and it's a big, big goal for us in the club. Let's bring in Liam and Airdrie then and see what he has to say after last night. Hi, Liam. Hi, Gordon. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I think he was more like Obi-Wan Kenobi or Master Yoda, to be honest, <laughs> rather than uh, those Messi or Ronaldo, but that's just my opinion. That's a fair shoot. He, t- he takes them I'll all let- on the chin, that's fine. <laughs> no worries. Listen, uh, in saying that, I'm actually going to have a little criticism on him, though, because um, earlier on, he was talking about uh, Scott Brown and all these other guys maybe not playing as well as he can for Celtic, but I just feel that we need to calm down the Celtic fans. Um, you know, we won the league last year. Uh, we've got some great players. We've got the core of that squad still there. We haven't sold anyone. Are we playing well right now? No, we're not. But let's just calm down and let's get Neil Lennon the back and he deserves. I don't think there's anyone uh, attempting to say that Celtic are in crisis. How could you possibly say that? Um, but I think you are entitled... To acknowledge the fact that any football club, Celtic included There is not one opinion that fits all Players will have their critics and their supporters And at the moment, the team is not convincing enough for some of the Celtic supporters I think Sunday is a wonderful opportunity for Celtic to address what's been said about them Frimpong must start the game there might be a place for El Yunusi. Surely Ayeti will partner Edward when Hibs go to Celtic Park. Hibs are outstanding under Jack Ross this season. Hibs could go above Celtic if they beat them at Celtic Park. So here's a wonderful game. An opportunity for Celtic to show that, yes, they've taken their time to get up to speed, but here they mm. are now. But it's a challenge that they have to rise to because if they fail to rise to the challenge... They could finish the day third in the league. So, what's the the main source of your optimism, Liam? Is it that sort of what's what's gone before? You know, the fact that that, that Celtic can do this and and they still find a way to win games, and and that's what you've seen before, and therefore that's what's going to happen again. Is that is that where the optimism comes from? Yeah, I just think it's a bad spell, Gordon. I mean, we've got some great players there. We got you know Ryan Christie, Callum McGregor, Scott Brown. I think is unfairly criticised because yeah, he's come towards the end of his career. But he is still a quality player. And, you know, you look at what happened with Stephen Davis and Rangers, I don't think he should play as much as he does. But let's, you know, let's just lay off Scott Brown. He doesn't deserve as much criticism as he gets. I think he's still a quality player and he will come good to get for us again. Uh, Andy, we're going to have to get to the news, but quickly on that point, one, at some point Scott Brown will be finished because that's how the passage of time works. And But how many times have we heard this over the last couple of years? And that's what just makes you... You've always got that in the back of your head that you've heard this before and then all of a sudden he bounces back. Yeah, and I mean, Liam mentioned Steve Davis. I heard that about Steve Davis after the first couple of games of the season. So it's ever-changing. But I agree with Liam. I think that Celtic haven't been great. But I think that every team would love the character that if you're not playing great, you're still picking up results. So I certainly don't think there's any need to worry right now. I do get the disgruntlement if it continues to... to, They're not hitting the heights that maybe they've been used to. But... 
I think you, mm-hmm. you're not worried until you actually not, are not playing and dropping results. Yeah, because is that something you were aware of then in an opposition dressing room in the last couple of years that they're they're a winning machine or have been in the last couple of seasons? Was there always that sense that that's that's the bit you had to overcome? And it's not even just that they're showing the character to keep going and 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 they've scored in the last minute. How many times have have you associated Celtic over the last couple of years a a, a score in the last minute goal at the death to pick up the three points? So I think that. Listen, Celtic didn't have the advantage of having two legs. I think if they got a return leg in the, in the set leg and taking Riga to Celtic Park, we might be talking about a 3 or a 4-0 convincing win. Uh, that, it's just the nature of the, the, the competition right now where it's a one-off, old-fashioned cup tie and anything can happen. So I think the most important factor is that they went through. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, thescottishsun.co.uk slash football. Thank you to Liam and Airdrie Hopefully we'll speak to you soon It's that time of the night Though it's beat the pundit Andy Halliday Came in this office With a spring in his step He was telling me Everybody was raving About his beat the pundit Performance all week So much so He's come back for more If you fancy it tonight It's 0141 951 1025 You can take on Andy Or Hugh And try and win yourselves A signed ball You need to be quick Off the mark tonight though Lines close at 7 Tackle the headlines 0141-951-1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Andy Halliday and Hugh Evans are in the building waiting for your call though 0141-951-1025 as you would expect on the agenda tonight the European results from last night great victory for Rangers Celtic are through as well most of the calls so far have been I'm a little bit critical of that performance But you might have an alternative view So let's hear it And it would be nice to hear from you Motherwell and Aberdeen fans as well Decent enough performances on the night But not quite enough Let's hear from you on the phones or on Twitter And we'll do this first Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun For the best football news and opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk slash football it is Beat the Pundit time Will it be a second outing In the Beat the Pundit arena For Andy Halliday Or will it be the old veteran Hugh Keevans We'll find out in just a second One of them though Will take on Craig and Linwood How's it going Craig? How's it going? Not too bad at all Are you well? Ah, not too bad mate Not too bad Recovering from an abscess But yeah we'll get over it That nightmare Hugh Keevans Ever had an abscess? Too much information there surely Any abscess <laughs> knowledge in here? No, no just me. It sounds sore though Craig I must admit Touch ah, me it's not me playing the pipes quite a bit, but hey ho, it's still not in the hand in the Get a piper, I hope you're going to play it. I, I, maybe Craig can come on. If he wins, that can be his, his prize, you a sign yeah. ball and the chance to play us out one night on Beat the Pundit. I think we'll set that up right. Heads it is Hugh Keevans, tails it's Craig the piper with the abscess from Linwood. We're finding quite a bit about Craig. And it is tails again. It's Andy Halliday oh. up against Craig. Craig, I hate to, to break it to you, he was pretty good last week. I don't know if it was beginner's luck, but he seemed to know his stuff. Certain things And the guy is Pretty cleared up His football knowledge So I must admit I'm, I'm a wee bit Kind of Bricking it a wee bit here But The last time I've never done though. very well So Bricking it Is that a technical term Craig I think we'll ah, just, aye, we'll, just we'll skim over that Right I'm going to give Andy Some Clyde 2 To listen to He's, that's it, he's giving us the signal Right Craig 30 seconds on the clock Head to head with Andy You can pass You know that But just to reiterate it If you don't know it Pass quickly So we can get through As many as possible Alright Good man, 30 seconds on the clock and your time starts now. What was the score between Aberdeen and Sporting last night? 1-0. Where did Rangers sign Scott Arfield from? Burnley. In what year was the first Europa League final? 2013. Before Andy Robertson, who was the last Scot to win the Champions League? Pass. 
Leighton Orient have forfeited the Carabao Cup tie against which English Premiership side? Tottenham? Oh no, yep. uh, uh, Who captained Tottenham. France at the 2018 World Cup? Mbappe Okay, let's bring in Andy Haldy Andy, can you hear us? Yep 30 seconds on the clock Same set of questions to you and your time starts now What was the score between Aberdeen and Sporting last oh, no. night? Where did Rangers sign Scott Arfield from? Burnley In what year was the first Europa League final? 2010 Before Andy Robertson, who was the last Scott to win the Champions League? Um, Dan Fletcher Leighton Orient have forfeited the Carabao Cup tie against which English Toronto. Premiership side? Who captained France at the 2018 World Cup? Uh, oh, Pogba who are Celtic's next Europa League opponents? Sarajevo Name the only current Scotland international Playing for a Welsh side I take my time on this No, time up <laughs> Time up, time up uh, Oh, Cam Patterson There we go Craig, how do you think it went? Uh, it's probably one or two in it, mate Right, let's find out What was last night's score Between Aberdeen and Sporting? It was 1-0 to Sporting You both got it Well done, one all Where did Rangers sign Scott Arfield from? Burnley, two all I'm always wary, Craig See when you're up against the guys That take a complete guess And still Aye. get it right That's when you know you're in trouble no 2010 oh. was the first Europa League final I've I've praised these beat the pundit performances. That, that well. I, I know it was a guess. I right? judged it off the 2008 Manchester. I just thought it's after that. Oh, that's so a calculated guess. Who was in it? There's your bonus points. Probably Seville. They went out every year. Atletico Madrid and Fulham. Remember Fulham? Got oh, there? Aye, yeah. aye. Anyway, uh, before Andy Robertson, the last Scott to win the Champions League, um, Darren Fletcher. Yeah, he was an unused sub, but he was he was there and he won it. So Andy Haldy gets that and goes in front even further. Um, Leighton Orient have forfeited the Carabao Cup tie against Tottenham so Andy Haldy stretches his lead there Who, oh no in fact you got that Craig because I, I had to accept your first answer and you, you did say Tottenham and then you said pass uh, no, who, who captained France at the 2018 World Cup it was Hugo Lloris uh, Celtic's next Europa League opponents are Sarajevo so Craig you did not too badly but he's the man in form and I'm afraid the sign ball stays here victory for Andy Haldy Headlines. cheers man sorry mate <laughs> hope the abscess clears up Craig I'll put you a wee tune later on That's great The pipes will be back out before long His neighbours will be cursing them The neighbours are celebrating the abscess cause We're they don't not going to discuss abscesses all oh. night are we? See the thing is My sorry was sincere there But it sounded sarcastic <laughs> as soon as it came out of my mouth Sorry There we go uh, What was that Andy? You got one, two, three, four, five, six for you And I think it was a three uh, For Craig and Linwood So there we go oh, A seven apparently Says producer Chris So there you go You're flying He's a man in form, Hugh Yeah he... I don't know if he's quite at Roger Hanna Starting on minus one level But he's, he's getting there be good to have a celebrity contest one night Halliday versus Hanna I'll take him on Oh, I like the fight and talk Great, we'll maybe yeah. set that up at some point 01419511025 in the phones At Clyde SSB on Twitter Where are you, Aberdeen and Motherwell fans? It would have been nice to talk about a positive result But the performances were pretty good Even you Motherwell fans I know it sounds strange after a 3-0 But... Performance was good The manager uh, Taking some confidence from it So what did you make of it On the night 01419511025 um, I'm trying to think What else jumped out From the games That we didn't quite uh, Get round to mentioning Let's In fact we, we we heard from Neil Lennon Didn't we Talking about Mohamed El Yunusi We could hear from uh, The man himself Hugh I wonder if that can be a, a springboard for him Is it safe mm. to say We've not seen the best of him And to score a goal Of that importance Might that be the 
the catalyst he needs He's been one of the disappointments for the Celtic fans this season Because they like Mohamed El Yunusi uh, And they know that he is capable of much more than they have seen from him this season However, you've got to be boosted by that By taking Celtic into the playoff um, I think again this Hibs game on Sunday is so important uh, I think that there should be a place for El Yunusi there somewhere uh, so I could well understand that he and Frimpong were the outstanding bright spots for Neil Lennon last night. Of course, as as everyone else, you want to play every game. Uh, but you know, when you're not in starting eleven, uh, of course you just want to contribute and in any way you can. And I'm um, just delighted I could come in uh, and score the goal. Obviously, it has been a little bit challenging that you you know you've been kind of let out, but. I see this as a, as a challenge, you know, uh, there's, either, there's two ways, either you go around, be frustrated or you pick yourself up and, you know, take that as a challenge and uh, prove, you know, the manager wrong, uh, train hard and show that you deserve to play. Um, there's been a bit of criticism from fans on the phone, Andy, about Celtic's performance last night, but what about, how much praise does, does El Yunusi deserve and perhaps the manager in that respect because when you take off Edward at that stage in a game when you need a goal yeah. that goes one of two you've, ways doesn't well, it you've took my comment away before I even got the chance right go <laughs> go on you go no listen what I've found about a lot of wingers since I've played with that a lot of them are confidence players and like you said I think not only is the goal should surely give them confidence but what a sign of trust for your manager to bring off Celtic's talisman for the last two years to bring on you to, to be the one that tries to find the winner over the last 15 minutes so surely it's got to give him a lot of belief Was it that Andy or was it the last throw of the dice? Do <laughs> <laughs> you think it was desperate here? Well I mean the, the, that's, the, that's the beauty of, of being in the dugout you have to roll the, you roll the yeah. dice you, and it's either an inspired substitution or you know it, it can work one of two ways well, Yeah absolutely um, and time was running away from Celtic I mean who needs extra time? Who needs the added tension of extra time where so much hinges on the outcome of that game and you've got to come back. You've got Hibs on Sunday. So I'm not sure whether it was an inspired substitution or the last throw of the dice. It certainly was a brave one. It worked. Yeah, that's the thing. Brave would be the word though because if that doesn't work, the accusation is I don't care if Edward wasn't at it I don't care how sharp he was You don't take him off When you're needing a goal yeah. you, can, you can hear it You know that That would have been the reaction Yeah You know Celtic deserved to win the match By far But They just didn't look Inspirational on the night So The manager has taken that gamble Edward The best player at the club Off El Yunusi Who hasn't had The best of seasons At all On and it's come off And that's Whether it's Better to be lucky than good It doesn't matter It worked We've got John who's a Rangers fan Hanging on patiently So we'll get to him in just a second Let's bring in Vincent From Patrick first though What have you got for us tonight Vincent? Hi there gentlemen I hope you're all well Yep all good thank you Brilliant I was just uh, Listening to, to To what you were saying About uh, Edward mm-hmm. And I think it's prominent That The striker he's more comfortable with Played alongside him as uh, Griffiths, and obviously, obviously, with the, the talk that we've had about the gentleman in question, his training regime and all that. But I think sometimes that we need to sit back and think: if we've got a player that needs somebody else, I think that's the gentleman that should be next to him because he feels more comfortable on the ball. You can see the way he flows, and the other one he's got Griffiths. 
Yeah, next to him. Yeah, but Vincent, so, what, what's Neil Lennon to do? Neil uh, finds out that Griffiths comes back for training at the start of the season and he's unfit to play football. Neil Lennon then decides he can work at Lennox Town and he takes the team off to Loughborough for a training camp. Uh, so, that I, I'm not diminishing the point that you make because the partnership of Griffiths and Edward from the end of the winter break until the end of last season was magnificent for Celtic but he turned up unfit they're still trying to get him fit he's been two months into the season now and there's still no sign of him so there is no point in talking about Griffiths at the moment he's simply not an option for Neil Lennon Vincent do we know though that the Edward and the Yeti can't blossom into a better partnership than that because they've only started up front together once I think yeah I could only concur with your statements that both both he have made but I, I, I think when, you, when you've got the quality of that gentleman that's sitting there, I know he's made wrong decisions, but obviously he's had one, two, three chances. I think this is his third chance and it's his last chance. So you've got a Yeta that needs time more, more than I ever think, because I think he's a quality one striker that could hit the ball right away and score a goal. You get Kamala for me that's Sorry to say, he's not my kettle of fish, if you get what I mean. And, uh, but like I said before, when Henrik Larson first came on the scene, we've seen him against Hibs, his first game, and everybody cried the guy for giving the ball away to Chip Charlie and he scored the goal. So look how Larson's changed. We don't know about the quality of player these guys are until we give them a chance. But, but for me personally, at this moment in time, I think, this is my personal view, gentlemen, I think Griffith should come back into the fold and, and give him the last chance to yeah, I, don't, I don't think he's not been given the chance no. the, the reports just are still that, that he's been carrying injuries and, and hasn't got back if to Neil where he needs to be thought that Lee Griffiths was back at the kind of fitness level that he required uh, and knowing what he knows about the partnership of uh, Edward and Lee Griffiths he would be there Neil Lennon's not cutting his nose off despite his face it's obviously the case that Griffiths is not yet ready to be contemplated for first team selection when he is I'm absolutely certain he will feature but he's way off that yeah I'm sure that Neil Lennon to echo what Hugh was saying I'm sure he'd love Lee Griffiths to be a, an option in the Celtic squad but yeah I, I don't think we've seen enough I yet in Edward to say that that's the best partnership yet I'm sure that you know, uh, there was questions over his fitness over the last two or three weeks, but it looks as if when he has played, he, he's more than likely to grab a goal. So I think it's a bit early to say that that's a Celtic's best partnership. Yeah, perhaps we'll see them together again at the weekend. I think it's only once that they've started together. Someone will correct me if I'm wrong. It happens fairly often. Thanks, Vincent. Let's bring in John, who is a Rangers fan on the line. What have you got for us, John? Gordon, who's on the show with you, mate? It's Mr. Hugh Keevens and Mr. Andy Halliday. Oh, it's Andy again, Andy. I remember the last time I was on Andy, I told you to sort Mr. Keevens out, but, but I'll not tell you again tonight. Well, I remember, I, mean, I, remember, I, I remember. He's been I sorted out, don't you. worry. Right. Andy, well, Andy, what about the record in Europe since Mr. Gerrard's came? Yeah, I'm more, I, I've supported Rangers starting to and the amount of goals that we've scored in results. Okay, don't care, don't care what you say, we were quite lucky to be, get, go two up because, you know, I mean, the chances that they had... I mean, there's a couple of chances before that. But what about the record? Come on, it's unbelievable. Mm, yeah, it's, it's certainly been the main improvement uh, that Stephen Gerrard's brought to the squad. And 
And it's like I said, everybody's touching and everybody's talking about sorry that Galatasaray, you know, the Champions League outfit's going to be an extremely difficult tie. But for me, I just think Rangers have beat up uh, better opposition and and over the last couple of years in the in the Europa League. And it's I think the, the the fact of the matter is, it's it's the last round to get to the group stages. Over the last couple of years, it's been Ufa and it's been Legia Warsaw. I do feel Galatasaray is a step in in class in in that terms, but I don't think Rangers have getting to fear. I think they beat better oppositions and, and, and they've showed over the last couple of years that they belong at, uh, at European level Do they approach European games any differently? Is there anything different in the, in the preparation or the tactics employed by the managers? Is there anything that, that, that's done differently that jumps out? Um, I, I think it depends on what team uh, what team you're playing what's their strengths what's their weaknesses but you know I've touched on it before it's it's testament to, to Stephen Gerrard and his staff that that the preparation is so the preparation is so uh, well detailed, well thought out. Every player knows their role. Well, all the team knows their instructions, and and like I said, they've, they've nothing to fear when they step onto the pitch. They'll show these teams the utmost respect, but still with the full belief that that they can mm. they can do the job and beat them. John, did Alan McGregor end the goalkeeping debate if there was one last night? Oh, I definitely. You know what I mean? I don't know what thirty-seven-year-old and still. You know what I mean? He, he, he's seen it when the, the guy holding board in the back of the net. He's still diving about. You know what I mean? Like a, a lunatic. You know what I mean? A 37 year old, you're meant to be getting, coming down the way. You know what I mean? Meant to slow down, but he seems to be getting better and better. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like Hugh Kevens gets better with age, though, as well, yeah, John. You were, you were saying that last time you were on. No, I, I say Hugh Kevens gets worse with age. No, that's not what you meant. I, I know you love him, really. Andy, you were actually, I think it was before we went on air or, or during the break, you were talking about you've been actually quite fortunate to, to play with a lot of good goalkeepers at, at clubs you've been at. How does. Who who are they and and how does Alan McGregor compare? I mean, obviously we're talking uh, you know different levels, but every club I've been at, uh, the, you know the one position where I've always felt we've been the club I've been at's been strong has been goalkeepers at Livingston, Roddy McKenzie, who had obviously previously played with Hearts and whatnot. At Middlesbrough, we had Jason Steele, who's now the backup number two at Brighton. Then it was Shea Given, um, and then when I was on loan at Bradford, it was Jordan Pickford, who's England's number one. I thought Wes was a good goalkeeper at Rangers as well, but for me. You know, and you look at it. Shea Givens played a number of games in the Premier League for Newcastle, number of caps for Ireland. But the fact that I, when I've played with Alan McGregor, he was thirty six and onwards, and he just makes saves every single day. That he's just absolutely no right in saving. Is he's it, just a top top goalkeeper. Is it not the case, Andy? The Buffon forty. Yeah. I mean, the, why why are goalkeepers Kevens seventy one? Yeah. In November, <laughs> um, you know, the goalkeepers. Can be at their yeah. peak at Alan McGregor's age. Yeah, it's 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 a completely different fitness, of course. Playing outfield, I, th- I think a goalkeeper they still need to be sharp, they still need to be agile, and I think that that was evident in Stephen Gerrard's pre-match comments, where he says that it's only really been the sort of last week to ten days that he's seen Alan McGregor sharp again, and and uh, you know we touched on the the save where the boy leads him with the handball. That's that's a goalkeeper being sharp mm-hmm. to, to to be able to make a save and, and get up quickly. I can liken it to, to Marciano's save um, with Scott Arfield. It's, you know, uh, when the ball rebounds back to Scott Arfield, Marciano's on the floor. So he just feels as if he just hits the target and it's a goal. But he's agile, he's sharp to spring back up and make that second save. And, you know, it's Stephen Gerrard touched on it. We're seeing Alan McGregor back at his sharpness. So I think what I'll see him as, as number one go forward. John, thank you very much for your call. 0141951 Mullerwell fans. Can you take heart from the performance in Beersheva? It was a 3-0 defeat and you crash out of the Europa League So it might seem like a strange question But there were elements of the performance there So what did you make of it? How does it set you up 
for the game against Rangers on Sunday We'll hear from Stephen Robinson And I've got a good question A really good teaser for you Coming up next You are the voice of Scottish football Call 01419511025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Andy Halliday and Hugh Keevans are in the studio Here until 8 o'clock So plenty of time to get your calls in 01419511025 Or Twitter at Clyde SSB Got a good question for you Andy Halliday Was so involved In last week's teaser It rumbled on For hours and days uh, After the show Because he was so determined to get, finished it yesterday to, get, to get some of the answers So let's see what we've got tonight um, I know we focus very much on, on the big league up here Every now and then We give our Our neighbours Give them just a little bit of attention Because they, they get you know, they're short of attention from elsewhere So that's the topic tonight The English Premier League But I still think some of the names on here um, You're going to like the question So John has sent it in The question is this Since the twenty, since 2010 Six Englishmen Have scored 13 or more In a single English Premier League season But they've never been capped So since 2010 Six Englishmen Have scored 13 plus goals in a single English Premier League season But they've never been capped Troy Deeney Good shout Yes Troy Deeney Well done Hugh Keevans You were a spectator With Mark Guidi on Wednesday night Because the question was All up his street But you've Flown out the traps With one of the answers I might have one Go Andy Johnson No I think he's got caps I don't have one then You're the only f- It's a, a slight clue I'm going in early on the clues No, 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 no? Come on now Okay Oh Glenn Murray Yes, I was oh. going There we go yeah. <laughs> I was going to say I knew Hugh Keevans would get one of them And it's not the one I thought he would get Hugh's grandkids are big Brighton fans oh, And he always yeah. bangs on about Glenn Murray in here There we go, Andy yeah, yeah, game. He was Because of criticism I gave him last week He's been studying <laughs> this he, week He was stung by that I, know, I noticed it at the end of last week's show you, you pulled him up for not pulling his weight And look at him, he's a new man Right, so it's 13 goals Never had a cap in a 13 single, goals in a season Yeah, uh, since 2010 Because there are a few guys That have done it before that Right, Troy Deeney and Glenn Murray We'll keep that ticking away nicely Until the end of the show Motherwell fans Where are you? What did you make of last night? How does it set you up For the visit of Rangers On Sunday? Stephen Robinson says Inexperience at European level Cost them um, Declan Gallagher was sent off As they lost 3-0 To Hapoel Beersheba And the manager says It was tough to take After 30 minutes you know, we, we thought well, We've got a right chance here At 1-0 down You know We were pressing really high up the pitch In the second half you know, and, and we caused them real problems So yeah there is a there's a tinge of disappointment because it wasn't like we got played off the park. Sometimes you go to sell the Rangers and you hold your hands up and go, they were better than us. But on the evening, I didn't think they were for large parts. I thought the young players and large amounts of performance were excellent. But we got punished for that bit of quality, the two deliveries and two real bits of naive defending. And if you'd have told me that we'd have lost two set plays before the game, I'd have been, I'd have been gutted and I certainly am afterwards. Here's the ultimate lukewarm compliment. I've never... Thought I'd say this Hugh Keevans I've seen Motherwell lose heavily Many many times Over the years yeah. it's, the, it's the best 3-0 defeat I've seen the, the performance actually wasn't bad I know people will see the scoreline And they'll think You know it, it was a doing And you crash out of Europe And of course you do But but weirdly Motherwell looked quite comfortable Within the game yeah. And and yeah Inexperienced as Stephen Robinson put yeah. it And already I look forward to Sunday For Motherwell versus Rangers As well as Celtic versus Hibs I thought last night it was naivety versus cynicism. Motherwell don't play in Europe that often, but uh, Hapoel Bashava do, 
And they knew all the tricks And for all that Motherwell Were never Out of the game For all that Motherwell Had A kind of surprising maturity about them Not Overawed by their Surroundings uh, Happowell just had that Little bit of extra knowledge At that mm. level Yeah I mean the sending off kills it Andy And that's what then makes the scoreline uh, Look a lot more convincing Stephen Robinson towards the end They're talking about losing The goals they lost from set pieces Incredibly soft Yeah and I think that's what's going to Disappoint them the most They, um, they, they actually dominated Large parts of the game uh, The first goal I don't. It seemed as if there was miscommunication. It was obviously for a for a wide free kick, but it seemed as if Stephen O'Donnell wanted a higher line. But the ball had already came in at that point. He'd lost his man, and then the second one, obviously, it's a poor penalty to give away. And you know, when you go to an all down and down to ten men, you've got a mountain to climb. Um, Sunday going to Fir Park, Mother haven't started the season brilliantly. Does that still go down as one of the more challenging fixtures on Rangers' schedule? Yep, and I think it's it's. Even more important after dropping points against Hibs before uh, uh, before the obviously the, the European game during uh, during the week. But for me, you know, beating Villain three four nils is brilliant. It gets you into the next round. It's important, but Sundays is equally as, uh, as important for me. And it's important that Rangers start well and, and and obviously do the job and get three points. Yeah, Motherwell actually stayed in Israel last night. They didn't arrive back until late this afternoon. The manager's hoping that that can then help them in preparation for the Rangers game on Sunday. I think that's actually going to be an advantage to us because have we left now. And obviously the airport's closed anyway, so we couldn't have how we left now. You don't get back until four or five o'clock in the morning. Um, the boys are in no state of the train. We certainly don't have the facilities that other clubs have where they have 10 massage people and swimming pools and what have you to rehab. So our best thing is to get a good night's sleep. You know, so that was my choice. We, we stay here tonight. We we go to bed early. We get up at nine o'clock. You get a good eight hours. And we travel back home, you know, and it's a nice comfy flight. So there's no, um, there's no real complaints. We'll do a little bit of a cool down. We'll prepare for Rangers. You know, we've, we've got a way of playing that we think will win football matches and on Sunday will be no different. I think it'll be an even harder game. Now, I believe Rangers are a better side than what we face tonight. Um, so, again, another tough ask. I've seen different versions, Andy. Is that always the difficult balance to find for clubs when you play that Thursday night and it is late? Have you done both? Do you yeah, always fly yeah. back straight after? What, what did you find more beneficial? It depends what the t- the time zone is. Um, I do think they've done the right thing with the you know the time zone in Israel. Uh, the one the one that I can remember was um, was after the Ufa game. Uh, that was obviously a Thursday night in Russia, and we had Celtic at the weekend, and and that was difficult because we flew back straight after the game. Uh, there was obviously a, a lack of sleep, which which obviously affects your recovery. Coupled with that, the fact that we played with nine men for forty <laughs> minutes, so the you know the energy levels were obviously extremely drained. So it is difficult. It is difficult to. You know, to to start the game with the intensity that's required, but I'm sure they, they you know, they've they've tried mm. to prepare as best as they can. I mean, Rangers and Celtic are used to this kind of Thursday Sunday routine. Hugh, yeah. for Motherwell to, to go over there, leave a lot out there because they they did perform well, still got beaten heavily, and and then have to to deal with that and come back and face Rangers. It, yeah. That's a big ask. And they're playing in high temperatures as well mm-hmm. um, over there. So, um, it, for me, he definitely did the right thing. Another night in the hotel Proper night sleep Back uh, I think he'll be looking forward to Sunday He has a A belief in his team They've lost Their best player in David Turnbull But they have Alan Campbell um, They've lost 3-0 Midweek But won 3-0 At Pataudry The weekend before So They've had a, an up and down time of it But I think that come High noon on Sunday 
They'll be ready And Rangers will know They've been in a game I think the thing is as well This is why Rangers and Celtic Have bigger squads To be able to deal with exactly, this yeah. Two games a week And Thursday, Sunday So it's obviously A lot more difficult for Motherwell Because I'd imagine We'll, pre- we'll see pretty much The same team that they they played last night So it is going to be a lot mm-hmm. more And that's why you've you've got bigger squads for, yeah. for these occasions You're actually going along to Fir Park You're going to cover the game for us On Clyde One Super Scoreboard We're here on Sunday I wonder if you'll, ever, you'll still be able to hear Stephen Robinson So I'm going to land you right in it You were telling us at the break That <laughs> yeah. of all the managers in the Premiership He's the one that talks the most He's on the sideline by side far line. the most vocal Is he? By far And that's <laughs> either criticism Positive comments And encouragement Instructions But yeah I'm sure I'm, I'm going to hear Plenty of Stephen Robinson at the weekend Empty stadium as well Yeah I know I might take some earmuffs <laughs> no, Hugh Keevans uh, you, you, In fact I, I hope Stephen Robinson's listening Because Andy was telling us That he never shuts up at the sideline And uh, you think he talks very fast In his interviews yeah. Poor guy's getting it From all angles here I, I mean I would get the, the utmost regard for him I think the job he's done at Motherwell Has been superb But Stephen Just slow down a little <laughs> yeah, bit There's certainly no criticism For how, for how well he's done at Motherwell But it's just yeah, it's, he's extremely vocal, which is it's, it's something that actually is you don't see as much, in my opinion, for, for managers. You know, a lot of the instructions that are obviously done in the changing room, but he's certainly one that's, that's constantly barking instructions. There we go. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Get your calls in. Uh, let us know what you made of those games last night. We're trying to work our way around them. We will hear from uh, Derek McInnes very soon as well as we look back on the Aberdeen game. Um, any more on that teaser? Oh, I. I Think I might have one. Right. I don't think he's had a cap, Callum Wilson. No. Jack Grealish. No. He just got capped. Uh, and he's. I doubt he's got. Did he get? He wouldn't have got thirteen goals with the last season. Well, I was thinking. That, nah. He's been capped anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Callum Wilson, though. Mm, apparently not at that. Um, So just a reminder If you're just joining us Firstly where have you been And secondly here's the question From 2010 onwards Six men 13 plus goals In a single English Premier League season But they've never been capped They've got Troy Deeney And Glenn Murray So far Let's speak to David In Knightswood Hi David How you doing? Not bad are you well? Yeah how's everyone there? Yep can't complain at all What do you, what do you make of last night then David And how does it Set you up for Sunday? Well, I have to give a special mention to Scott Arfield and Glenn Kamara. I thought they were brilliant again last night. Scott Arfield, since he's come back into the squad, I think he's he's just got a different personality and makes it exciting a lot better. And Glenn Kamara, there's nothing you can fault. Obviously, we have... Hasn't he been scoring windows? Obviously, we had the win at the weekend and... There, but I just think Stephen Gerrard's done something different this year. We playing the two up front, and it's much more exciting as a Rangers fan. Um, same with Alan McGregor. I'm a goalkeeper for Sunday Central, and I can make two at half the same. That's why he's playing in the Europa League, and you're not. Ah, there's no chance of me playing there <laughs> uh, You've picked out a couple of names Andy What did you make of the ones that have been singled out by David? Well I thought Scott Arfield for us, for, for one Was was certainly Rangers best player against Hibs uh, the, the few days before And, and any time he's been called upon over the last two or three years He's he's certainly delivered And um, you know, Glenn Kamara is someone that Not not only at Rangers You see how well he's done for Finland He's uh, someone that's 
is very very good in, in, in possession and in tight areas so I think he thrives on these games where you might get a little bit more time on the ball but yeah two players that you know whenever they've been called upon they've delivered He's such a fine finisher Arfield I know he had his moment at Easter Road last Sunday where I think he, he, he subconsciously thought whoa the second one's going in the first one's been a great save by the goalkeeper uh, and then ever so slightly and he's subconscious he's thought it's a goal before it was a goal but his goal that he did get at Easter Road was a terrific one and you know he's I think Dundee United he scored against Dundee United as well mm-hmm. uh, yep. a terrific finish I think he's a smashing player is he one that's and maybe injuries have played a part in this it's opened up for him and he's, he's come into the team Andy is he one that's giving a lot more than, than perhaps people would have thought a couple of weeks ago because it, it didn't look like he was going to be Right in there in that that starting eleven at the moment. It's an area of the pitch where Rangers are strong when everybody's fit. Uh, but right now they've obviously they're missing Ryan Jack, they're missing Joe Aribo, who are players that are more often than not one of the first ones in the first names in the team sheet, uh, team sheet for Stephen Gerrard. But I feel as if when Scott Arfield plays there, he does bring a different dimension to the other midfielders. I spoke earlier how you know Stephen da- Stephen Davis is one that maybe looks for the balls over the top or. Uh, more of an emphasis in passing forwards. Scott Arfield's more one that, that runs off the ball. He's one uh, that could be a bit more box to box, and and he's got a knack of uh, getting in good mm. position to to obviously score a couple of goals. He'd be one of the more experienced players as well. Yep. He seems pretty vocal. Does does he bring that side of it? Yeah, you can't buy experience. He's he's played. Uh, I think I actually seen he's played something like 400, 450 first team games, and and obviously he's got uh, you know plenty of caps for Canada. He's been the captain over there, so he's certainly one of the leaders in the dressing room. And, and you can't have enough leaders in my opinion David what about Sunday you know Rangers have been more than used to the last couple of seasons Rangers and Celtic they're used to this this kind of Thursday Sunday last week it was a simple victory in Europe it couldn't quite be followed up at Easter Road can you go better this time at Fur Park I think we can but as you were saying Stephen Robinson fantastic manager um, I've met him quite a few times and as Andy said, he's very vocal even when he's not in the park. <laughs> um, but no, I I don't think we're missing anything. But obviously, Alfredo's came in back to scoring now and again. It seems to get he seems to be getting a bit of his old self back before obviously the transfer embargo. Uh, the transfer thing, sorry. Um, I think Itton as well just. I think he just needs a goal to spur him on, get him going. And another special mention uh, for Hollander, I thought he was brilliant again last night. A um, couple of wee dodgy ones, but every every team has, and every defender has a dodgy pass or a, a dodgy header. But I thought he was brilliant. When Rangers drew with Livingston, the reaction was, oh, here they go again. Um, you know, silly points dropped. And it is a, a statistical fact that since the end of the winter break last January, Rangers have had 10 away matches in the league and they've only won three of them. So that's what makes um, Fir Park so important on Sunday. But they have about them, I think, the kind of consistency that they haven't had previously under Steven Gerrard. Uh, and... You know, after that European result, they have to go to Motherwell with a confidence sky high. Now they just have to maintain consistency, and that's what makes it a proper 
title race Are you in between the sticks this weekend David? Uh, no I'm injured unfortunately Oh no I hope it's not a serious one Nah, I, I, hope it's not I, broke, I broke my toe at work <laughs> Broke his toe at work See, that's the life <laughs> of an amateur goalie You've got to take these things when they come along Thank you David In Knightswood, right quickly the question Since 2010, six Englishmen 13 plus goals in a single English Premier League season But never been capped You've got Troy Deeney, Glenn Murray Charlie Austin Yes, Charlie Austin, well done Any more? No Hugh? We'll get back to you Three down, three to get We'll get the rest of the answers next <laughs> 0141-951-1025 This is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard We're on the home straight Andy Halliday and Hugh Keevans are here There is still time to get your calls in though 0141-951-1025 A good question this on the full-time teaser Thank you to John for sending it in And remember, if you've got a good question Even if it's just an idea for a question And you want to try and trick the pundits Try and catch them out with it The address you need is fulltime at Clyde1.com So tonight's question is this Since 2010, six Englishmen have scored 13 or more goals In a single English Premier League season But they've never been capped Colin Johnson has got a good few Including ones that you don't yet have Mikey does as well Peter Gray is playing along He's doing not But you two to be fair Are doing quite well also You've got Troy Deeney Glenn Murray And Charlie Austin Was that yep. the other one? Um, what did you think During the break? Dwight Gale? No You had a wee list there I could hear you Rhyme uh, some of them off Carlton Cole But nope. I think he's had a cap um, Shola Amiobi But I don't nope. think oh. Come on Hugh Right I won't do that I, I won't do this to you <laughs> I, I, excuse me I, We've got three And I have given you two of them I'll be honest right Because I could just Hang you out to dry here There's one that you mentioned During the break That is on the list oh, And for some reason You're not I repeating forgot, it back I, to me you, you, I heard you And you went Nah it can't be him But he is on the list It was the first one you said Oh no It's a recent one And you said Nah there's no way He got 13 goals So it's two each then Technically Yeah No it's not Well you need to get I it first I can't remember this. Some yeah. team player he is, Hugh. Honestly, know, it's meant to be a combined effort. He's counting who's got the. Just you get bad influences in the honestly. dressing room, you know. I can't remember who I said. It's a recent one. It's a really recent one. And you said, oh, I doubt he got thirteen last season. Calvert Lewin. Yes. Well, there you go then. <sighs> He's on it. Tommy Abraham. No, because I was debating if he got thirteen last year. Dominic Calvert Lewin is on there. That's four down with only two to get. Let's hear from Derek McInnes. Aberdeen had some decent chances in Lisbon last night. Sporting edged them out by one goal to nil. The Dons holding their own. Um, speaking to Red TV, Derek McInnes says he was proud of his players. They're a top side. So much for all this team being affected by the COVID. That was the strongest team possible. Maybe one one player. The strongest team, Sporting Lisbon, a level of player that you're up against. My players were excellent tonight and uh, we tried to go with the team to keep ourselves in the game, knowing it was cup football and we always, it was always an intention between 60 and 70 minutes to try and get a wee Scotty right on and take a midfielder off. And then obviously we've gambled a wee bit at the end, last 10 minutes to try and be as attacking as we possibly could and like I say, we had good moments in the game. Uh, I thought the players showed a real... Uh, level of performance tonight that pleases me and disappointed we haven't got anything to show for our efforts We've had a lot of these embarrassments in Europe at this stage you know mm. our team's going out to teams that they should never be losing to but we mentioned Motherwell earlier Aberdeen can they hold their heads high? Yeah definitely it was always going to be a difficult tie um, Sporting Lisbon if 
they've got a European pedigree. They've been in the competition in the latter stages over the last few years, and I, 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 I always thought it was going to be a difficult ask for Aberdeen. There was a, maybe a glimmer of hope when you seen the reports that they might be missing a few key players with, with uh, they were either contra- uh, contracted with the, the virus, but. It was always going to be a difficult ask, but they can certainly, you know, hold their head mm-hmm. up high after when, last night. When they lost three 0 to Motherwell, following Scott McKenna's move to Nottingham Forest, I have to admit I was fearful for them. Even with a team who had been depleted because of COVID nineteen, I was still fearful for them in Lisbon. So it's a fair enough result. Out is out, so it's gone. Uh, and you talk about contrast. Uh, you know, from Sporting Lisbon to Ross County away. No That's what they've got to do in Sunday. Pretty similar. Um, yeah, I mean, the strange thing about Aberdeen at the moment, Andy, is they had looked very good of late, and then that Motherwell result just kind of came out of of nowhere and surprised everyone. So now they have to get back to winning ways domestically. Yeah, Derek McInnes' teams as well are renowned for being solid defensively and, and don't concede a lot of goals, especially out with the old forum. So the fact that it was three 0 after, I think it was twenty three mm-hmm. minutes, was. Was bizarre, and then looking at last night when Sporting Lisbon again scored a goal in the first ten minutes, you're you're fearing the worst. But listen, uh, no, they've they've not missed Sam Cosgrove too much, but I'm sure they would love to have him last night. Yeah, what about tomorrow, Hugh? As always, when you've got these Thursday night Europa League fixtures, it means it's a very busy Friday, and we don't get the chance sometimes to give the Saturday afternoon fixtures the credit yeah. or the attention they deserve. Certainly in this part of the world, if we start closest to here, St Mirren against Kilmarnock, yeah, huge for Jim Goodwin. Um, luck has not been on his side And also You know You don't Lose as many games On the bounce As they have Without uh, Having to question Yourselves As well So It's a big big game For Jim Goodwin tomorrow um, And You know I think it's crucial That they get something Even at home Kilmarnock You know With Chris Burke there With Kabamba uh, they're, they're a real threat A handful um, So even a draw would do St Mirren tomorrow I think Do you think the league's Slowly but surely Starting to establish itself Andy If you look at The Celtic and Rangers Obviously um, Would be People's tips to be First or second In whatever order you want Aberdeen and Hibs are, uh, Hibs and Aberdeen Are already up there um, And I'm looking at All the fixtures tomorrow So Hamilton Dundee United Livingston St Johnson And St Mirren Kilmarnock They can quite clearly All beat each other And depending who you listen to Some people will have you know, Aki's gone down, some will have St Mirren gone down, Livy have started the season poorly. Are that bunch of teams all much of a muchness this season? Yeah, but what I will say is is um, I'm not betting against Hamilton this week because every time I do it they end up winning. Exactly. And, and they killed me in Hughes predictions last oh. week. So some big, some big, big big ties here. You can look at them as, as potential six pointers towards the end of the season. I do agree, I think the league is starting to a little bit uh, establish itself. I still think that Motherwell will, uh, will have a say certainly in the top six towards the end of the season. But yeah, some big fixtures over the weekend. Yeah, three tomorrow, three on Sunday. We're here, double dose of Clyde One Super Scoreboard over the weekend. Hugh Evans has just put his scarf on. I don't know where he thinks he's going. I know there's a, <laughs> I know there's a wintry feeling. You're a man of a certain vintage. He's got the scarf on already. You've got a couple more to get in this teaser. Go. Oh, you're that's, saying go. That's not the sponsor I was looking for. All <laughs> uh, right, you've got four already. Yep. Yeah. Two to get. Clue time. Yes. No, I, I love a clue now. Right, one of them's played up here for Hibs. Very much towards the end of his. Career If I give you his English team You'll get it Is it time For that already yeah. Is it desperate Norwich Oh maybe not Norwich And Hibs Initials Big target man That's not his initials Oh Grant Holt Grant Holt oh. And the last one is the hardest 
you, you did say you're on the right track I heard you saying at the break It'll be one of these teams That's not in the English Premier League anymore It's the furthest one back It's the 10-11 season And it's Blackpool um, Oh, Gary Taylor Fletcher? Nope Oh, I know him, I know him Fraser Campbell? Nope Oh, no, I don't know <laughs> uh, Stanley Matthews <laughs> <laughs> Right, George Bowie's about to come in here and replace us What would you describe George Bowie as? Keep it clean, I'm talking about his profession Disc jockey <laughs> DJ Campbell DJ Campbell Disc jockey Campbell it was, well done <laughs> Thank you Hugh Keevans and Andy Halliday We're back tomorrow at 2 o'clock And again on Sunday, it's a football feast We'd love for you to join us Thank you for your calls, your tweets and your company And like I said, your weekend, albeit You'll be sitting in yourself hopefully Looking after yourself and everyone else But your weekend can properly get started In the company of George Bowie GBX Friday is up next